You're listening to Creative Thursday, episode number 273. Welcome to Creative Thursday with Marisa Ann Cummings. We're talking all things life, business, and creativity with a special focus on helping artists confidently and consistently sell their creations to their ideal collectors online. Intended to inspire and empower you wherever you are on your creative journey, both personally and professionally. Enjoy and thank you for listening. Hey, hello, it's Marisa here back with a second session of creative business coaching over coffee. (laughs) This one was over a vegan broth. Yes, I went on a cleanse during this week, a four-day cleanse. Loved it. It feels so good. It's also awkward when you're consuming beverages all day, but it's so uh, good to give your body a little bit of a rest and a catch up and just felt really great to do. Anyway, on a side note, if you ever have any questions about that, you can DM me over on Instagram, but back to creative business coaching. So in today's session, I get to speak with Nada. I loved speaking with Nada and uh, really fell in love with her artwork as well because when she came on live, and you can see the replays of this if you'd like to go see her art over on Instagram, just wanted to share these with you in the podcast as well because I know you find your Creative Thursday fix in all the places. And I know for me, sometimes just listening on audio, you know, I can do a lot more in the background. When it's video, I'm always trying to see what's going on. So we wanted to share these with you in podcast form as well. And This episode is also around finding your artist voice, but a different take on it. So we were talking before about really trusting yourself and in this case, and trusting the direction that your art is calling you. In this case, Nada was going through a transformation of trying a lot of different styles. And when she came on Instagram, as I was starting to say, she had all her artwork behind her and it was hard to miss. It looked great. And I immediately thought, you know, you know, spoiler alert. I was like, I think you found your voice. So we talk through many different aspects again of finding your voice, but specifically, you know, when you've tried a lot of different styles or maybe a particular direction or theme, or you're working in a specific medium, and then you happen upon something that really grabs hold, a lot of times we don't see it as much, you know, we don't see it right away and others will see it very clearly. So we, we talk about when this transition happens. And what also makes Nara's story interesting is that I've, I've come across so many of you and have the opportunity to work with a number of my students right now who are transitioning from graphic design to 
uh, visual artist, fine artist. And that conversation is something that we touch upon because really as a graphic designer, you come equipped and you already have so much design sensibility built in, but you're also so used to creating for clients that you're not entirely sure how to tap into your own voice. It's, it's a, it's a really great conversation around what that transition is like, because I imagine there may be many of you doing this. And I also, I don't know if you know this about me, but that was my very first start as creative career was because I had majored in advertising and I did have design experience. My first job, like, do you know this? My very first job out of college was working for the Tampa Tribune, the newspaper in Tampa, Florida, in the human resources department. And I was making a newsletter for them and I was putting my art in there and I was designing it. And I honestly had one of the best bosses that you could have. It just wasn't quite where I envisioned my career going. It was, there were no windows where I was working. On a side note, there were no windows. And once I started, it was really uh, my boss, Rick at the time, he kind of gave me that opening to believe that I could, I could do more with my art. He gave me so much freedom in adding my own art to this newsletter. It's amazing. I should try to find some of that. I really feel like I did document those newsletters. I was adding illustrations to them. I digress, but that led me to a second job where I was a graphic designer. I was working with a lot of Ringling School grads, which is the wonderful art school out of Sarasota, which I used to live there. And I uh, became an art director within that company. We were a bunch of 20-somethings, and we were a part of the beginning of this whole tech movement. It was pretty exciting. It was also super dysfunctional. And that is a story for another day. However, I totally understand that transition because then I started doing some freelance graphic design as well. And I do believe that it contributed greatly to just being able to grab hold of painting in a certain way, have a sensibility and maybe a little bit more of a voice. It came easier, faster for me because I had this sense from the design work I had done in the past. So this is a fun conversation that we're having. And uh, if you haven't yet, you could still hop in. <laughs> it's it's We're in the week, but you could. You could hop in today at sellmyartthisweek.com. We have a couple more of our coaching sessions together, and you can get caught up on the replays of the Sell a Piece of Art This Week workshop and coaching week. And most importantly, we are opening the doors to the expansive artists for the first time in 2022. We haven't been open since fall of last year. And we have so many exciting things happening within the community. It's I can't wait to share it all with you. And so we're opening the doors. Also, this is the last time that the expansive artists will be at this price point. The price is going up after this launch. So if you have been 
on the fence. If you've been listening to the podcast, if you've been with us before and you want to come back and lock in this rate, this is it. This is the last time that the expansive artists will be at this price point. And it's we're just onward and upward. We have so many exciting things in the works for you. And I just love our community so much. I just feel honored to be leading and hosting this wonderful community of artists who are so supportive of one another, who are making progress, who are committed to their dream, who are showing up doing the work, sharing it with us, celebrating their wins with us, sharing their wisdom and insight as well. We do member shares in the expansive artists and so much more. So I can't wait to have you join us and we'll see you there. But first hop into sellmyartthisweek.com and come join us for some creative biz coaching similar to this with Nada and you can find Nada on Instagram as well at creative.impact.art enjoy Hey, good morning or good afternoon, good evening. It's Creative Thursday. I'm Marisa here with you for a second session of Creative Biz Coaching over coffee. Actually, this morning I have um, some some broth. I'm doing a cleanse. Super fun. Actually, it is. It is really nice to do. And I have my coffee as well. And so I had a couple of thoughts to open with. And then the way this works is that you request to come on to coach with me. So think about something you would like support with in your creative business right now. Is there a challenge you're facing? Is there a conversation that you want to have? Um, Which inspires me. I had two ways I can go this morning that I wanted to share with you. One is we had this very inspiring time management for creatives talk with a very dear friend of mine and a whip smart business person, my friend Jill. She came and spoke to us uh, yesterday in my Artful Selling uh, community. And there were two takeaways that I thought were something I hadn't thought about before. So I can open with some thoughts on time management. But then yesterday, I also had an hour-long conversation with a licensing company that I've actually had the longest partnership with, like almost from the time I began, which is 2006. Long, long time. And we were having a conversation um, not only about where the direction of my art is going and if and how we might continue partnering together, but also where do we think the art world is going, especially if we're working in a more commercial sense? And is that something that you're wanting to do? Obviously, if you're wanting to sell your work, you are on some level, but a decision that all artists have to make is where do they see themselves in the marketplace? Because where I saw myself initially, I didn't even actually think much about it. I just kind of followed my heart, 
went with my gut, did what I liked, started creating work that sold, was able to support myself. And then you get to a place where you're like, is this the direction I want to continue to go? Or do I want to shift into a new space, a new direction where, you know, at first I didn't even believe I could make a living as an artist. And then when you prove yourself wrong, which is the most amazing thing ever, then you evaluate again and you say, well, now that I've shown myself I can do this, what do I really want with my art? And what do I want to say with my work in this world? So what inspires you? What what will kick us off this morning? Tell me in the chat and thank you for joining me live. Do you are you leaning towards some time management thoughts? Or are you leaning towards a conversation about choosing where your art goes in in the world, the kind of art that you want to make? Tell me what what's what are you leaning towards? Because today I also released a new podcast on Creative Thursday. There's a new podcast every Thursday. And it's called, Do You Have Shiny Squirrel Syndrome? Which is my term. Um, If you guessed that it's the shiny object syndrome combined with squirrel, squirrel, squirrel. It's all about helping you have creative focus or choosing your creative focus because creatives in general seem to sometimes struggle with this more than they need to. either for various reasons of how our brains are built, which is just naturally different than a lot of a lot of people in the world, and or, you know, that so much interests us. And so being able to focus on that. <laughs> yes, Didi, I know that you do have shiny squirrel syndrome. I was thinking about you when I recorded this podcast. In fact, you're a huge inspiration because you know, you're talking about making these boxes. And I don't know if you heard my response to you on the Q&A last week, but I was saying, um, I was totally telling you, you have to pick. Like if you decide to add a box subscription into your business, that has to be your main focus because it it's a lot. It requires a lot. <laughs> Dawn says, me too, Dee Dee and Marisa. Yes, Dawn, I know you. <laughs> I know you too. Um, life and whim. I think that's you, Heather, right? I'm learning, uh, I'm leaning towards where artwork is heading and creative focus and looking forward to listening to the podcast. Awesome. Okay. So let's see, here's a quick, on um, where artwork is heading. And then I will, um, invite you to request to come up and talk with me last week. Jesse was our first brave soul who came and coached with me live. This is the first time I've been uh, doing a live like this kind of session. And coming back, I have my own shiny squirrel. My brain goes on tangents um, for a multitude of reasons and I just roll with it. But coming back, I always find my way back to the topic. What I see happening with the art world is I have this unique perspective that I started sharing work online in 2006. And you can go all the way back to my first blog post. I believe it was, it's at blog.creativethursday.com. It's still there. And it was in July of 2006. I still um, have the painting. It's hanging up there, this little tiny flower-faced rose painting that I posted. And 
I started podcasting simultaneously. Believe it or not, I still can't believe that this company had the foresight. Well, all visionaries do, right? Have uh, They see what's coming. Nobody knew what a podcast was, but it sounded really fun to me because I love to express this way and share what I learn and insight with you. In fact, before I come on and have coffee or broth with you, uh, Sean and I have our own coffee time, which usually he's listening. <laughs> he's like patiently listening while I share all this insight. So now I'm sharing it with you. So coming back to the art world, I have this unique perspective of coming on and being some of the first, I would say, on the internet, on the interwebs, because it was all just getting going of saying, hey, I'm an artist. I'm going to believe I can do this and I'm going to put my work out there. I really don't care what you think about it. Um, you can judge away. And I, I believe in this for myself. And that's a pretty powerful conviction to have that I've had all of these years. And we who did that became examples to a whole bunch of people who are doing that now. In fact, that's why I'm here. That's why I have the expansive artist community. That's why I also started teaching online in 2008. I just thought, wow, this is incredible, right? The gatekeepers are gone. We are the ones to open the doors to our dreams because I had often felt like I was on the outside of worlds looking in. And I don't like that. I don't like exclusive worlds. I like inclusive worlds because I know I have conviction about the fact that you decide what you do in this world. And and the sooner you recognize that and get that sense of empowerment for yourself, the sooner you will open all kinds of doors to the world that you are creating for yourself. No one else gets to decide that. They may think they can, but they don't. Trust me, I've had people... Um, I've had people not support me along the way, and it's very gratifying, like intentionally. It's very gratifying to realize that that doesn't make a difference in your success. So just remember that. But the shortest version, so I can do some coaching with you this morning, of where I see the art world going is that we've created an entire movement of people who make art and share it who may not be formally trained. I was not one of those people. I took classes, but I was not like formally taken through a program. And we created kind of a certain feeling of art, which is, is good. And I believe that what's happening is that we're becoming more sophisticated now, not only as consumers on the internet, but consumers of, of, of work, of product, of, of everything. And I believe that it's going to be up to us now if we really want to separate ourselves as artists to up-level our quality of work, to up-level our skills. When I'm looking out into the world, what's inspiring me is not what used to inspiring inspire me. And even... Um, the work that I create, I love. It's very naive. It was a certain period of time in my life, but I feel that that season of creating that kind of work is kind of coming to a close. And it is for me personally, so I can absolutely be projecting this, but I do have a good sense of things. I always have. And I'm just 
I see a lot of people mimicked a lot of people who came before them. And what we're doing in the world is we're going out there and we're looking at Instagram and we are saying, well, this person's doing great. And so I'm going to do that too. We are not actually taking the time as artists to truly go into the, to have an understanding of who we are and cultivate that and find, discover what that is inside of us that is so unique and allow that expression to come into the world. We are, and this has always been, right? A certain amount of commercialism and somebody sees that this works and this sells, so then everyone jumps on that bandwagon. That's why it's really important for you to know as an artist, who do you want to be in the space? You can absolutely lean into commercial. I have, I love it. I also love figuring out like what is, what are the colors that speak to people right now? What themes call to them? But one thing I always did with that is I always asked myself if that aligned with what it is that I wanna create. If it doesn't, it's not a direction that I'm going to go to, go into. So being a commercial artist and selling work, there is, there is the requirement to be aware of that. But what I'm suggesting is that there's so much of this that's happened because of the internet that we're kind of watering down art in general and it's hard to find people with really unique voices that also have a sense of, have a great sensibility about their work. And this is totally just my opinion. And that's the most beautiful thing about art. It's subjective. But these are the questions I'm posing to myself. I'm celebrating 15 years, like March 7th, 2007. That's when I started to make a living. If you don't know the story, um, I, I got myself on Etsy at the time and my, I had really kind people who did support me in the blogging space. Remember, <laughs> remember we still have blogs. I know that we do, but in the design blogging space, I had some people champion my work and, uh, and then it was very easy to be found on Etsy and Etsy was a place that felt like it was filled with a movement of a new kind of art and like really fun and and that whole feeling, I don't quite know how to describe it. I always called it like a heartfelt movement. And I loved everything that I saw. And I, I just, I didn't want to be a part of the community because everyone was charging so little for their work. So I thought, well, I'll put prints on there and I'll see what happens. And it literally, uh, it changed the game for me. It's, it changed the game for me that day. So I celebrate... 15 years of like really being a, a business owner, a working artist on March 7th. So on Monday, I'm releasing 15 paintings, some of which are in my private collection, some of which I created over this past year that I didn't release yet. And just celebrating this time because it's pretty, it's pretty cool. It's pretty special when I think about where I was and how I've made it to here. And all of those years have not been easy breezy stories for other days. It's, it's a lot to do this work. It really, really is. And to run a business simultaneously. So 
What I see, though, is that there is a shift that's coming. I feel it in social media and how we're using this. I feel it in, it's a response. There's always a call and response to life. That's why we see things go through cycles. And sometimes there's this pendulum swing, right? We brought all these people, sites like Etsy, people like me and a whole bunch of other really uh, wonderful artists. We were, I remember we were all doing this thing together and a lot of people inspired me to get online. Well, actually a lot, one, one person, there weren't a lot of people online. There were like three or four blogs that I remember when I started, I used to follow and it was just fantastic. But it, we've, we've kind of done that. We've sort of, we've sort of watered it down. And to me, that's a really exciting time because I see creative impact art. And tell me your name um, if you can. Otherwise, I'm happy to just obviously call you by your handle. But you're saying finding our voice is so difficult. I ask you, and if you want to come on and coach about that, that might be a really um, interesting coaching opportunity. What is difficult about it specifically? What does that mean when you say that? Um, Desiree says, thank you for sharing your experience and your viewpoint while remaining respectful that this is just your opinion. Um, yes, everything is just, everything is just my opinion. Everything, well, if I have fact to give you, I will. I'm very cautious not to speak about things that I can't actually back up. So what I'm speaking about when it comes to creative business and finding your voice, these are things I've lived and they are my journey and and everybody's journey is different. That's the other thing about the creative space is that you cannot, um, you can't specifically tell someone, take these steps. But what I will tell you, um, oh, Nara, thank you. So Nara, talking to you about your voice, finding your voice, what I will tell you is a step that you cannot skip and ideally you don't wanna skip in life either. And that is knowing yourself and understanding what lights you up, understanding what frustrates you, what challenges you, like accepting all of the parts of you and within that acceptance and that curiosity of who you are, because I think a lot of times, actually I know the majority of times nobody's asked us these questions. When you go to school, do they ask you these questions? No. Uh, did most of your parents ask you? I think we're at a really phenomenal time now where a lot of parents are very aware and they're curious to see what what their kids are naturally kind of inclined to to love or like called to do and they pay attention. But I was told, you know, you need a career, which is good. I appreciate that. Thanks, mom. But I was told that, but I was also told, you know, by society in general, you're not going to make one as an artist. That's like a long shot. So you're not even trained in it. I don't even know if you're exceptionally good at it. You know, this was just not in my periphery. So we live in a different time, which is another observation about how things are shifting is that we get to ask better questions now and we get to support others in in allowing or inviting themselves to ask those questions of themselves. So a lot of what I'm teaching these days and the conversation we had with my friend Jill, who spoke to our group on time management, 
there's always, you know, it always comes back to why do you want to do this work? What drives you? What motivates you? Because being on the internet or building a business or, you know, getting people to recognize what you do, um, that only goes so far because you're going to have ups and downs if you're in this for the long game. And if you don't have a full understanding of what's driving you, like what's really, really lighting you up about this, it gets, it gets bumpy, uh, which is okay. It's also part of the process, but the reason I'm here and wanting to share with you, I'm looking to see, um, Nara, you want to come up for some coaching? <laughs> come on, be brave. Didi, are you there? Dawn, are you there? Um, I know we can have a good chat about this and everyone really appreciated, uh, Jesse's conversation. <laughs> Jesse's conversation last week. All right, Nara says, sure. I would love to chat with you about your voice, um, finding your voice. And so what you do, I forget from the other side, um, you just request to join live and usually it offers that to you. Let me see if I can actually, oh, I can, can I invite you? I can, all right. So you ready, Nara? <laughs> Here we go, let's go for it. There. Hello. <laughs> hey, nice to meet you. Is that your beautiful Hi. art behind you? Nice to meet you too. Yes. I oh my them. gosh. I love those. They're I love flowers. them all together. That's fabulous. <laughs> Thank you. I have a... You do have a few. few. So quickly, where so, are you located? Yeah. And then let's talk about your voice because I see a voice in there. I'm located in New Mexico. And I'm originally from Mexico, but I went, now I'm in the New Mexico area. Um, well, yes. the thing is, is like, I'm a graphic designer. And the first things they told us, you know, like they, they hammer it in our head is you don't have to show. Oh, yeah. Your client has to show, you know, and I'm really good at that. <laughs> but, but now as an artist trying to, because I have the, you know, like I study drawing and all that part of the school. So I can do the technical part, the losing part, like the being loose about it is the hard, the hard thing for me. Um, so I can, I can replicate any style or I can do, you know, copy it. But I've been like, I've been really like this, this is actually, I think, and it actually is this one, that one. Is the first time in a long time that I thought this needs to be like a collection, like it has to look like this, you know, and, and I was so happy about it. But it's but it's hard. Um, how do I go to work? I mean, how did you find your voice like in your daily day? Well, I think talk to me question. about and if or you want to grab one of the pieces and show it. Show us like one of your favorites that you created. Talk to me about what you love specifically about creating this body work. These, um, uh, oh, so cool up close. Are those acrylic? Yeah, and they're on canvas. Yeah, canvas or wood. Oh yeah. Yes. Yeah. It's uh, yes. It's okay. So this is this one canvas. of your favorites. This is one of my favorites. 
And um, wow, is that are you doing uh, painting or are you adding any kind of texture in there? Is that all painting in the detail? So all the little fine detail on the inside, that's an orchid, right? That's all. Oh, how beautiful. Yes. Thank you. So um, I have, and I, I honestly, I think I gravitate to this look. That's fabulous. We didn't even see that one back there. So, all right. Using, yeah, using that as an example. (laughs) What is it that lights you up about creating that piece in particular? Well, yes. I'm from, from the tropics <laughs> and like being able to show the greens, yeah. like the depths of the greens yeah. makes me happy for some reason. And I literally just discovered this week because I had one similar and, and this is, um, it's a prompt uh, from a, um, plan uh-huh. painting challenge or something like that and um but I just recently I'm mean, like literally this week I was like what do I because I painted this one as a second you know and I was like that just really makes me happy to see it you know like it's just like hmm, I like that and um and I think it has to do with remembering yeah. all my greens you know from the tropics like right now there's nothing like there's really no trees around me right now or there's a few. Yeah, I have to take care of them. You said New Mexico, right? I was just <laughs> so. Santa Fe and Galisteo yes. and that area. I mean, it's beautiful, and there are areas where you're like, "Wow, it's just wide open yes. with small little juniper bushes." Uh-huh. Yes. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I know you. That's but where you I'm at. Amazing skies. Amazing <laughs> skies. Yes. Yes. I, I need to learn how to paint those. I so, what I am going to just offer to you and be interesting for you who are joining live as well um yeah becky says i can't say but your work is so good i see a voice in your work do you see your voice in your work i mean your work is all consistent okay i feel like it's getting there so like uh it's just i want to yeah like i had other stuff see like okay. those flowers yeah, were all very texture. different. Like those are paint stuff. Yes. So this one was probably in December. How, so how so long I'm, did it take you, you to ahead. create this body of work that we're seeing behind you and the large body? Yeah. This one, Since February. Uh, are you doing the 100 day like, project? Did you say that? Yeah, are you part of that movement? Doing um. I'm doing this one was a part of um, 28 flowers, 28 February. Yeah, I feel like one of our Tismar's members may have done that last year. 28 flowers, yes. And so, what did you discover in the process of creating these one each day? Yeah, and I think, because um, I, I try to paint every day. Obviously, I don't finish, you know. But um, this one How is really so? pivotal to me, I think. Like, because I saw it and I was like, I know, I tend to draw very realistic and very tight. Like, if you see the other painting with the leaves, it's very tight. Yes. And this one is not. And I really when I go that way you know like where it's more relaxed because I tend yeah I, guess I relate that's where I come to. from too design 
and then illustration and and I am now in the process of like what does it feel like to really let go and follow intuition and uh it's very uncomfortable when I typically approach the work from a place of this is what I'm gonna make and I see it and it that is also satisfying but but it is you know it's it's a discovery of of what kind of pulls you forward. So what I would say, and is it, am I pronouncing it right? Is it Nara or Nara? Yeah, Nara. Yeah. Like Like a a leaf, did you say? Like a D. (laughs) Like a... No, like a D. Nara. Okay. (laughs) Beautiful. So Nara, what I would say (laughs) is that you are doing exactly what an artist does to find their voice. You are creating regularly. You're being aware of what you enjoy about that process and where you want to go with it. And that's how you find your voice is you create a lot of work. You stay curious. You stay open. You treat it like a discovery and you try things. And it, it starts to come. It's just really interesting to see the work that you're showing from just December. And then when you opened on all this work, I'm like, there is a voice there. And that will evolve again. Like you created this body of work and now you want to let go a little bit more. This is just the process that you're on but you have a very clear style and it just comes from, and it comes from trying different things and then leaning more into what you, what you like. Yeah. And being willing to challenge yourself for me. And I give this as the best guidance. Again, this was my path, right? Someone else's path might look different. I started by daily painting. So I have a strong attachment to artists who work that way because it forced me to, in a good way, I loved it. I started the whole business to be more creative. Like, well, that was the point. And I would sit down every day, just like similar to like small work, right? Not intimidating. I can just make this quickly. It's very gratifying for me. So in this process, I learned many things about myself. I learned that I like to work fast. I'm not someone that gets a lot of joy in like hyper detail, hyper realism that that doesn't that uh, stresses me out. And I, I, I have a difficult time. As an example, I've like, I worked on this last year and it's still sitting here and it's not done and I don't know what I want to do with it. If I have bigger work, it sometimes doesn't get finished. So I'm having to learn how to work bigger and still get that same sense of satisfaction of the quick pieces. But what I learned, this is, I was sharing this uh, (laughs) last time around, I've shared the story a few times when I got together with some friends and we had our own art show. So this is another way that you can tap into your voice is give yourself a deadline, whether it's your own show, whether you're going to release something online, whether you're going to invite people into your process of really, you know, creating and then releasing a body of work online for one a day that it commits you like there's something about the accountability again for me some people aren't built this way but I find a lot of people work well with a deadline yeah (laughs) I I, I sense and so 
When you do that, my friends and I created the show and just for fun, we called it the Darklings. And we said, well, we're all going to create a character. We were rebelling against what I was talking about in the beginning. There was all this very sweet art and very, you know, heartfelt. And But the thing is, we're all those people. So our Darklings were all really cute. <laughs> my Darkling... My darkling was really cute. I just uh, can't make an, you an, an evil darkling. <laughs> I don't. Even my Halloween characters, they're yeah. dark and they're cute. So I made the darkling and it challenged me <laughs> to do something I didn't think I could do, which was create characters out of my imagination. And that one, that one step, that one opening that I said yes to changed everything for me because I realized I could do this. And if I could do this, well, then where could it take me? And then the characters that were coming through started to just become uniquely me. And then it was that process of doing them on repeat that started to create an entire world of them and like an entire stories of them. And then my, my sense of humor would creep in there. And my view worldview is in there. If you look at my characters, they're very supportive of you, but they are also a little bit skeptical. They're not going to buy into everything. <laughs> they're very front-facing. <laughs> what did you say? They're not naive. They're not naive. They are painted they're in not naive. style, but they're not naive. And they front, they're front facing, which I always thought uh, it's interesting. It's easier to draw them that way, for sure. I make a lot of choices out of like the, the simplicity of how I want to draw, even though I can look at anything and I can replicate it if I choose to. I chose not to, but I also feel like that's yeah. them being really honest with you. So there's just this discovery around what I ended up creating that also then spoke to people. And a lot of that wasn't even conscious. I can look at it now and see what happened. I think that people also responded to it in the beginning because I now look at those characters as the friends I had that supported me in my art creation process and finding my voice that they were cheering me on. And then because people mm -hmm. saw me have success in that journey, they felt they could do it for themselves, which was the reason to share it to begin with. And so it spoke to them where they wanted to have a piece of that in their, in their world. And looking all the way back, I was an only child and I was alone a lot. Where are you? Oh my gosh, we have a lot in common. Um, I was an only yeah. child and <laughs> I had a lot of time to myself. I also only connected with like animals, which I still have. Pepita is here, but she's not sitting with us right now. Um, I love animals and I loved miniatures and I loved little things. And these are the discoveries that another way that you can go into finding your voice is what did you love as a child? You know, what the way that you were talking about those greens, which that piece is just really, really beautiful. Um, that one with the vase and, you know, that's the whole point of making. Yes. And that is the whole point of making art 
is to, or one very important point, well, no, the whole point is like, it's cultivating aliveness for you, right? I've been having a lot of conversations um, with Nicholas Wilton and he says this best, like he talks about, that's why his whole business is called Art to Life. Like it's an aliveness in you that you are then uh, bringing into something that someone can connect with. Like in this tiny box, I can see the aliveness in that piece mm-hmm. and listening to you talk about it. It's so powerful. And that is what speaks to people. But on its most basic level, it's what's speaking to you and calling you to make it in the first place. Yeah, One of the things that are too important to me is um, I had a lot of turmoil through my yeah. life, like a lot of loss and things like that. And and I was like, you know, I don't watch movies that make me suffer. And sure as hell, yeah. I don't want to paint things that makes me suffer. <laughs> you know, I want things and I want objects around me that makes me up, uplifted instead of takes me down, you know. And that's that's one of the things that I really have focus on 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 make using the colors and having make sure that the colors are not clashing with each other, you know, or or um I want I want to have a vibrancy and a joy to the to the paint. I think that's that's important. And I love when when somebody sees it and it makes them smile. Like you say, like I'm not <laughs> I'm not there to the humor part yet. But <laughs> my humor is not coming across. But um I think I think um I really enjoy when people smile at the at the art, you know. Yes. I think it's just something that makes and, me happy. and that's that's always been a driving force for me too. And then there are artists that really want to make a certain statement, you know, and, and that is what's calling them. So the biggest part of this journey to go back to what I was talking about in the beginning is, is to really know all parts of you and have um, acceptance and respect for them and then follow those threads that are are in all of you. You know, I've been through a, a lot of loss too. And I feel that I too want to use my art in such a way that it brings healing to me and hopefully thereby to others. Yeah. But sometimes, you know, this is where I kind of, evolve I asked myself because I remember had a good friend ask me once well can you take that feeling of loss or what you're going through and can you put that into the art and there are times where I have done that and it's it's very powerfully connected with someone as well so I do as part of evolving in your voice and finding your voice don't hesitate to also challenge yourself in ways to maybe try something that you haven't tried before, but it's clear and you're, uh, Nada, you're not alone in that a lot of graphic designers have the opportunity to work with several right now in um, Artful Selling that I'm running, the course that I created. And so many people are making that transition from graphic design to art. And the very cool thing about that is you have a built-in sensibility around color and around design and values and you just you already have an awareness around that so that is absolutely going to influence the work that you create and then like you so 
beautifully articulated at the beginning, there's this way that you have to learn to let go. And I had never thought about it from that perspective because I wasn't working for a client. I was doing design in a company that your voice has to be subdued so that the client's voice comes through. That's So you do have to do some, this is the time where you get to really say, what does Nara want out of this work? Like, what is it that's in you? Is this helpful? Is this helpful? Yeah, no, that's, that, and, but really it's a conflict, you know, because when you're trained, like it is really like hammering to you. And, and, and it's also interesting. And that might be, you were saying that, and it made me hit, um, my husband, my first husband passed away. Um, I was very young, I was 32. And um, when he died, uh, we were so, you know, one, that when he died, I had to relearn who am I, you know, who am I at 32? Who am, what, what is it that I do now, <laughs> you know? And, and um, in a way for art, it's like that too, you know, you have to separate the designer and the training, what you were told to do certain things, you know, and not do certain things to like let go and that's that's uh that's um facing yeah. the fears too you it's know, a it's i think it's one of the most special things that any human gets to do and i believe that everyone everyone should do it if they feel called to to be able to take our life experience and put it in some creative expression it's so powerful. There is so much discovery there. There's healing there. There's joy. There's there's frustration when it's not shaping up the way that you want. Like it, it's just, I, I mean, obviously I'm totally biased, but I just am so grateful that I, at one time where I was not going to touch it or make it a priority in my life said, I can't live like that. Like I can't, I can't go forward without allowing creativity to be a very prominent part of my life experience. And thankfully also my work experience. And so I just think when I was talking about where I see things going and how many artists there are out there, I think that's incredible because I think that the world also is asking for more of that. And simultaneously to what I was saying at the beginning of our, of this uh, talk and then coaching is we now we get to ask ourselves better questions and we we get to ask more of the work because we're starting to trust it more and i you know i believe through that journey become stronger artists um there it used to just be limited to a small handful of people that were deemed, you know, worthy of having their art in the world. And now that is no longer. And so where does it leave us and where does it, where does it take us? And it's to conversations like this, you know, it's to exploration, it's to discovery, it's to acting on what it is that we're figuring out and being willing to share it, which I appreciate so much that you're like, yes, I'll come up here. talk to you about this I hope that it has been helpful for you I hope that that it's helpful for everybody listening you know a lot of times we're in our especially lately we're in our 
studios, our rooms, our kitchen tables, we're making art and all these things are swirling around in our head and we're not really having those conversations that help us, you know, go to that next step in our art or just make us feel a little bit less alone in what we're trying to figure out because your question is so common, which if you're just joining us, you know, how do you find your, your voice? Basically exactly what you're doing is what I would suggest to you. And then when you're ready as well, this was something I waited on for a very long time, which I'm kind of glad because I was able to find my voice beyond seeing work I enjoyed, which, you know, all of what I enjoy influences what I create. That's just like how art works. But I was able to really find something that was mine, like so much mine that people can see it on a wall in a movie and call me and tell me that they saw it or like, let me know. And that's really Mm -hmm. exciting to me because I feel like, oh, I tapped into something that people recognize. Um, yeah, well, but you know, if you were continuing <laughs> yeah. to create in this style, and it sounds like you're at a pivotal point, like you said, where you're evolving, when you see all the work together, which is another recommendation um, for artists working on their voice, do what Nara is doing, you know, use the 100 day project or create your own 30 day challenge and put a whole bunch of work one day after the other next to each other and watch what starts to come through that's where it it starts to refine itself I see you there and if I know that it might sound um strange to say it's it's floral work right there's there's floral work in the world but you have something very distinct in the way that you've executed each of those pieces that is consistent across the board. So that means that there's already something in you that has that consistency. When we create work and it's all over the map, that's when you know that you're you're in that process of discovery. And then when you create something that starts to have consistency, and then you see what that consistency is in there. And then if you're selling work, you also see what people are responding to out of what you love. And then you kind of lean into that and continue to build from there. Well, let me tell you something funny. And that's why I've, I've been struggling with the with the voice. In the fall last year, um, the, the artist community here put a, put a show and I put five pieces. I think, yeah, I put five pieces in. You did. And I won four <laughs> awards. Congratulations. In different categories, but wait. So I, I won a category for 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 a animal and portrait. I got an honorific. And, but when, when they're calling the winners, I hear I come, you know, and here I come. And, here I come. and it was funny because they, they didn't know it was all mine. So they could, because it was a blind, you know, and that's, I mean, it was, it was, how to say, it was gratifying that I won, but it was oh like, oh my goodness, uh, wow, that's really person. interesting. Well, yeah, <laughs> you were in the discovery, <laughs> but clearly you have so a level like, that people are responding to, which probably has to do with your design. And I don't know what other um, training you have, or if you just have this natural ability in this direction. <laughs> that's really, really interesting. There are four different styles of work all <laughs> awarded funny, and it's all your work. Like... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
and they oh do not look goodness. alike. Oh my goodness, you're a chameleon. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was funny because the judge, you can tell like, what in the world is well, I think yeah, I that you funny. have your answer. So, you can do whatever you want with this and you can just lean into it and and see where it takes you. But the body of work you're currently working on has a clear perspective. And then seeing where it takes you when you want to let go more is going to be really interesting to see. And Didi was asking, do you think others see your voice before we do? I think so. Uh, I think so. Sometimes we're just too close to the work that we don't we don't see it right away. We may be um, just judging it in a way that's kind of blinding us to what is just obvious to someone else who's not as attached to it or attached to the outcome or any of that. So yeah, I think that that's possible. I, the reason I was pausing is I was trying to think have to look at the journey of the characters and and what happened um how they just started to come through I mean for me it was in sketchbooks and then I would bring them to a painting and you know the simple fact that I didn't like to illustrate hair um or hands <laughs> you know a lot of people are like oh hands are my nose <laughs> Drawing hands, interestingly enough, is very, painting hands is challenging for sure. I put them in mittens and I put them in hoods and hats and I just, I loved it. And I was like, this is a very conscious choice out of what I like to do right now. And it became a signature look for them. So don't resist, you know, or judge. Don't, you know, just start, try not to judge yourself too much. Like allow some conversation to happen and some things to come through. And so. Oh, yeah. Yeah. We have a few so minutes if you want in. to, if someone uh, would like to come on and do a little bit of coaching with me. And uh, we can also continue the conversation around your voice. I will look and see. No, no, it was so nice to meet you. Um, I'm hosting the Sell a Piece of you Art too. this week. I just opened um, registration. It's uh, $10 to join us. And it's I'm going to be coaching for five days. And I take you through what I call my artful selling uh, process and a practice. I take you through the steps of how I work and sell my art and talk to you about pricing throughout the week. And if you go to sell my art this week, I was realizing um, if I can, I'll put it in here. You can join us and a lot of our expansive member artist members are coming and playing with us. I have posted this I think this will be the fourth time and it's super, super fun because we just all come together. We all work on choosing a piece and going through the process and people sell work within that week or they sell it just right after or they get commission requests. There's like this powerful momentum that happens when we say we're coming together to learn this. We're going to 
um, not shy away from the selling part. We don't have to be smarmy or salesy. We can just be alive and passionate about what it is that we create and learn how to tell the stories around the work that we're creating. And it's just really, really exciting. So, um, Nada, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if you take yourself off the feed or if I do. This is my second time. I don't know how. I was wondering. Over coffee. There we go. Okay, let me see if. Uh, let's see if I am able to. If it goes back to just me. <laughs> oh, the joys of technology. There we go. Okay. So, all right. Well, we have a couple minutes left. If anyone would like to close us out with some coaching or some thoughts on the conversation. Oh, thank you. Heather says, thanks for all that wonderful advice and your thoughts and congrats on 15 years. Yeah. It's, it's amazing that it's, uh, it's kind of amazing. <laughs> like, where did the time go? I know that's what we often say, right? We're like, where did the time go? So there was something that I was reminded of too. And I remind you as well. And that is this, that all parts of the journey of becoming are not to be rushed. They are to be savored. You know, we're all in a hurry these days. And maybe that's not you. I don't ever like to blanket statement. This doesn't apply to everyone, but I would say that I sense, and I know for myself, that we're just all rushing to get to the answers, to get to the next place, to get to the next place. And what you discover, especially after 15 years of doing this, is that the next place there is then another place. And then are you just kind of racing through these times that you could really savor? You know, if you're figuring out your voice, then enjoy that process. I'm doing it again right now. I was asked, um, why am I changing my art? Because I don't know if you saw, I'm, I'm also posting things that are, from my perspective, kind of ugly and kind of beautiful at the same time. I'm, I don't have a plan. I'm doing everything in a way that I'm like, I don't know where this is going. And that is not my style at all. And so someone asked me, you know, why are you, uh, can I ask why you're changing your art? And I'm like, because I'm evolving. I can't actually, the kind of, the person I am now and the, the inner work that I've done, especially over this past year, if that person who made the art before doesn't exist in the same way anymore. And so I have to accept, like I said, embrace this new part of me, this new direction, and I have to see where it's going. And I thought that it would present itself more over the past year, and it hasn't. And some of that is also just not having the consistent practice of creating, like I was suggesting to Nara. That really helps when you're kind of in there every day a little bit, but something's coming and this whole journey of, Ooh, what is that is pretty exciting to see. So, um, I think as Heather was saying, I do have a question. How do you know when you've landed on a style voice? I've just started to create a new series and I really like it, but I don't know if it will be 
well received or not. Heather, do you want to come up? We might just have five minutes. I don't know if it's um, if it will cut us off. I hope not, but we can talk for for five minutes. Are you game? <laughs> do you want to do you want to chat through this this question because that's a really really good question. If you do, let me see. I'll ask um, because you may not be able to. Let's see. Oh, it doesn't know. It doesn't look like I can give you an invite. Forgive my my tech inabilities. All right. Sure. Okay. Let me see. I can come on. <laughs> I know we're both trying to figure out how to do this. All right, Heather. Let's see. Um, is there a button that you can press? I know when you first hop on, it will ask you if you can come on live, and then I'm trying to see. When I, when I request you, it doesn't, it's not giving me the same option. I wonder, I can't imagine, I've seen people coach more than one person on these lives. I can't imagine that I can't bring another person on, but I'm not seeing how to do it. See all these features. Oh goodness. Well, I will answer you. And if you see some way to request, yeah, I have no requests. You see. Oh, invite to join. Hold on. Here we go. I found a new way in. Did it send you an invite? <laughs> Let's see if you end up hopping on. Did it work, Heather? You don't see anything. Here, we'll try one more time. And while we see if, <laughs> while we see if it works, thank you again for your grace and patience. Um, so you've landed on a style and voice, and I know we can also talk about this in Artful Selling um, as well. I've just started to create a new series I really like, but I don't know if it will be received well. So if you really like it, the, the, the short and sweet answer is if you really like it, that's what matters most. Because, um, oh, it says that you're unable to join. So it tried, <laughs> it tried to find you. Because how our work is re received, we have zero control over. Um, a lot of that has to do with just the people who follow us. Uh, are they people who are going to get us? Like I hear from countless artists and I know for myself, whenever I have changed styles or, you know, I've just done a different subject matter, I haven't necessarily painted characters there's a whole lot of people who don't get it, don't understand, or, you know, people will be like, why are you changing your style? Like this is working for you. Do I want those people to be the guidepost to where I'm going next? No, I don't. The only guidepost that you can have about the work that you create and whether it's good or not is for you to make that decision. And when you feel really excited about it, all you can do is share it and then you commit to it and continue with it. Because another thing about artists is that we tend to be visionary and we will often sense things that may be coming 
And sometimes it takes a minute for people to get that in general. And I'm not saying that it's like this huge, you know, drastic, like, wow, I'm just making this art in a totally new style. But there are a lot of times when you look throughout history, there have been a lot of changes and evolutions in in work that people looking back can say, wow, remember when everyone thought that this wasn't good work and now everyone thinks it's the best work and the bottom line is what's going on outside of you is is the least of your concerns. It's more what's going on inside of you and finding the work that satisfies you. Because at the end of the day, for all artists, there's going to be some work that lands in a more commercial way and there's going to be some that doesn't. And I always found that it was really challenging to even try to predict that. I don't know if it's for us to predict, but what ultimately makes a connection is when you are able to reach someone through what's present in your work that they respond to um, in that really powerful way. And that's the connection that you're looking for. And when it comes to original work in particular, when you're selling work, it just takes one person to come across that piece that really speaks to them. And, and you just go from there. But the best, you know, advice that I hear often is sort of that Zen, right? Buddhist or just Zen advice of don't take on the don't take on the haters, don't take them seriously, and don't take on the praisers. You know, life is about us just existing and being comfortable in our own skin, regardless of what's going on around us in terms of people judging us, our work, what it is that we're creating, sharing in the world, because what you realize is it doesn't matter what you do, someone's going to have an issue with it or someone may really love it. Uh, we know that just by just by the mere way that human beings are, you know, it's so at the end of the day, you just want to do what speaks to you. Sharing that with the world will attract people who understand that. Like if you've been with me, if you've been with me all morning, that's amazing. Thank you for being here. If you've hopped in and out today, I really appreciate it. I appreciate that Nara came on and spoke to us and did some coaching. And Heather, we have to try again. I'll be back next week, uh, same time at 9am Pacific standard time. And then the week after on March 14th, I'll be doing hosting the sell my art this week.com workshop and coaching week where after I present a lesson to you in the morning, that's pre-recorded. We hop on zoom together and we work through answering questions connected to the workshop and we also have a chance to, in some instances, have these kinds of conversations because the way that I mentor and the way in the same way that I see things needed and shifts needed and happening in the art world, I see it in the education world as well. And it's more than just steps that we're taking uh, it's more than just making our Instagram feed look a certain way or trying to create a certain kind of art. Sometimes we have to have conversations around the underpinnings of what might be holding us back 
the challenges we face, the fears that we have. And, you know, we just can't gloss over those things anymore and be like, you can do it. I mean, you can, you can, but there's a lot to you can do it, right? There's a lot to cultivating the strength, the courage, the practice, the consistency, the dedication to really building this life for yourself. And I'm talking about professionally because I, I get really passionate about actually blending creativity and business. I love it. And I will always cheer you on and support everyone to find some creative practice that brings them joy. I mean, you've got an entire world of, of uh, amazing options to choose from because it's so it's so worth it for you and for those that you get to share it with, including in your own home and for your kiddos and your partners and your friends. It's so powerful. So thank you for joining me. I'll see you at sellmyartthisweek.com. Um, 15 years on Monday, maybe I need to come do a live video on Monday and just come and celebrate that with you. I'll try to give you some notice and you can ask me just questions if you'd like to around any parts of starting, building, growing this business. I would love to share with you. And I will for sure see you Thursday, probably on Monday, March the 7th. And, um, and for expansive artists and artful selling, we got a full day today. So I will see you all soon. Bye. Creative Thursday is recorded by me, Marisa. You can find all things Creative Thursday at creativethursday.com and learn about how I can support you in building and growing your thriving artist business at creativethursdaycourses.com. Be sure to hit subscribe to get the next episode as soon as it drops. And if this episode has inspired you, share it with a friend and fellow creative and leave a positive review so that more listeners can be introduced to the Creative Thursday message and mission to empower artists to know their worth, value their work, and consistently artfully sell to their ideal collectors online so that they can make more beautiful art all in support of living a life they love. Coming together as a creative community, we uplift and support one another while encouraging and being an example for more people all over the world to dream big and believe in what is possible for them.